following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Do you remember when home video was in its infancy? The perfect video store is popping up all over the country. Do you remember the experience of renting VHS tapes at a store? Right now, rent Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Cobra for just a dollar a day each. Do you remember when you kept a video store membership card in your wallet? Welcome to Blockbuster Video. Hollywood Video. We get what you want. The warehouse is entertainment. Relive the days when dead media was alive and kicking. This is Rental Return. Tales from the Video Store. My name is Amanda Stefaniak, and I worked at Ossizana Sunshine in Bossier, Manitoba, Canada, which was owned by my parents, Mel and Susan Stefaniak, from 1982 to 2004. Hi, I'm Christian McGalliard, and I worked at Coco Video in China Grove, North Carolina, from March of 1997 to January of 1998. And then later, I worked at Four Star Video in Granite Quarry, North Carolina, from February 2001 to December 2001. My name is Chris Tansky. I worked in the video department of a media play from 1995 to probably 2002, 2003. My name is Gary Keffer. I worked at the Blockbuster Video in Chesapeake, Virginia in the early 90s. I worked there uh, after graduating from high school in 93 and worked there for about uh, two and a half, almost three years. My name is John Paul Cupertino and I used to work for a place in Milwaukee called Bucky's Super Video around 1998. And shortly after that, I worked for a very brief stint at a Blockbuster in Milwaukee. Hey, my name is Preston Burt, and in 2000 through 2002, I worked at Blockbuster Video in Oxford, Mississippi. Hi, my name is Zach Shipley. I worked at uh, Blockbuster Franchise 290237 in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware in, gosh, like 1998 to 2000, somewhere around there. Episode 5, Secrets of the Staff. What were some of the crazier co-worker stories or characters you had to work with? There was always drama. Um, because it was a small store, the drama was basically, they dealt with it, and they let people hash it out and argue it out and yell it out, and then that would be it. It was always some kind of thing happening with between the couple of the co-workers that would be dating or hooking up or whatever it would be at the time, and they just kind of dealt with it and kept working there. It made some for some very awkward shifts in schedule, and I'd get called in a lot when person X didn't want to be with person Y in the same shift, because they had just broken up, but that was about as far as it went for horrible drama for us. We would have uh, college students, right? I mean, you went to Old Dominion University or Norfolk State or, or you know, Tidewater Community College there in the area, and so you did have that kind of churn of those of us who were in college. Uh, you had some who were film students who were going to Regent University, or uh, they were married and, and their spouse was transferred with the Navy, and they were only going to be there for six months. So those were the kind of things where you just had this turnover rate. I mean, we did have interesting characters. Like I said, Darlene was, was an interesting character. Uh, we had a regional manager named Ed. Uh, he was referred to as Mr. Ed. And uh, he came in for inventory because you had to go through and scan all the movies and check the boxes so many times a year to make sure that you hadn't had shrinkage or things being stolen. Um, make sure you're selling enough jujubes and popcorn or whatever else is in there. So there was a guy I went to high school with who did also get a job there as well. And um, and he eventually got let go. 
And we found out, like, after the fact, I don't think he was actually fired for this, but we found out after the fact that he was doing exactly that. He was hooking friends up with free rentals, not necessarily free. It's not like he was zeroing it out and, tr and doing the transaction still. He would just, like, someone would bring up a stack of, like, four or five movies or, or PlayStation games or whatever, and he would just, like, he would, re he would rent out one and, like, just put the rest of them in the bag and they would leave with them. Oh, now, wow. now, because there's no record of who's taking, you know, this game or movie, it's just that just went in the bag. You can imagine most of the stuff never came back. <laughs> so so, it's, so I, I remember it was maybe a month after he got fired. Like we start figuring out, like, I, I think someone tipped us off that like, oh, yeah, he used to he used to rent to, to so and so for free. And so that's that's when we uh, we figured this this whole thing out. And uh, we had to do like a big like a. Uh, inventory of the of, of the tapes and find out like you know if something is missing from from the box is it checked out or is it not checked out so we, we would be we would just scan the shelves constantly to to find out if, if something's missing was it checked out then like you know if it wasn't checked out then we could pretty much determine it was stolen dominique the owner he was a really cool guy and for me i had been going in there since i was a kid i mean i remember it was the Christmas of 91. Uh, we got a Sega Genesis for Christmas. And Dominique always worked the holidays, the American holidays. So I remember going in there on the Christmas of 91, and we rented a couple Sega Genesis games. And I remember telling Dominique how excited I was. So I don't know, because by the time I got older, I had like shoulder length, like bleach blonde hair and like facial hair. And like, I look like a, a starving homeless version of Nicolas Cage from Hollywood. <laughs> so I don't think that Sometimes I look back and it's like, I don't think Dominique realized I was the same kid that was coming in there like every other day and talking to him, you know, because I didn't, I mean, not like poor me. I mean, like I didn't have friends, but I just, it was weird looking back that it was, it could be during the summer. I would just hop on my bike and go into the video store with $2 because uh, the older movies would be a dollar and I'd have enough to rent like two older movies or one new release. But I used to talk to Dominique a lot. So yeah, later on, when that when that stuff happened it was sort of kind of like no it's me dominique you know but that didn't work so the manager from at that store hired three high school kids which is like not really you know unheard of to be clerks but i think what he didn't realize is that they were all friends there's two guys and a girl one guy and the girl were dating and the two guys were best friends which means that no matter what combination of these people you put on, like they were just going to be talking to each other and not like doing their job and not being on the business. They were going to be screwy. They weren't good employees. It also meant that you couldn't fire one without getting rid of all three of them. But eventually, like one of them, Eddie, <laughs> got fired. And so now we fired Eddie because he was a bad employee, didn't show up or did, did a bad job. But now his girlfriend and his best friend still work here. <laughs> so Eddie still comes in all the time and talks to his friends. And like I would ask him to leave and whatever else. Eventually, and here, here this is uh this is really strange. Eventually I'm there one day by myself and someone tells me that the store's on fire. What? One of the neighboring stores. And I I'm like, what? And so I lock the door so that because I'm 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 there alone. I lock the door and go out back this is like the middle of the day uh, so it's like it's like maybe like 11 12 o'clock and i open up the back door and i shit you not flames just come flying in my face <laughs> and 
and I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? I, I grab um, the uh, fire extinguisher and like I run around to the like I keep the door locked, but I run around to the back, like run because we're at a strip mall. I had to run like all the way around all the other doors because I obviously I can't open that door and shoot the see the things because it's it's like right next to the door. We didn't have a dumpster. We had just opened. We'd only been open for like a month and a half, and like they, so they were doing, doing a real bad job about getting us a dumpster. And we couldn't put our trash in any of the other stores' dumpsters for reasons. Um, so we just had our trash, just like like all the cardboard boxes and stuff that that all the tapes come in, and trash from from every night, candy wrappers, popcorn boxes, whatever. All that stuff was just sitting behind, it. and the trash got picked up like almost every single day. But it was always just sitting behind the store. I don't know if Eddie ever got caught for this, but I heard that Eddie liked to start fires. And so my theory is that Eddie, because he got fired, he came back and he lit fire to all of our trash. Wow. So, so I had to run back there and, and put it out. The guy from the mattress store next door had their bucket for where they mopped the floor. And he's like filling it up and he's like splashing water on it. I had to call the fire department. It was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> that is wild. Wow. Yeah. So that's some, that's some retail tips. Don't hire like people who are all friends together like it's okay to make friends with co-workers but you definitely don't want to hire people who are already friends beforehand because it's just because gonna... one of them might be a pyro yeah he was a real pyro <laughs> and then you had some employees who were you know without i don't want to you know like dox the guy but we had a, we had an assistant manager and anybody who was in that store at the time knew this guy because he's the dude stank i mean there was just more around it and he would change his clothes. He would come into work, change his clothes in the back, leave his, his khaki pants and blue shirt there. His managers got to wear the long sleeve shirts. And he would leave it hanging and change back and leave. It was like days going without laundry, right? I mean, he's wearing the same thing, and it, it's hot. And, the, you know, it got to a point where Darlene had to step in and pull him aside and be like, you have got to manage the hygiene situation here. Um, it's, I mean, you could smell him three hours over. So we did have those kind of experiences uh, that you talk about, you know, I could close my eyes and still smell that guy. So it was just one of those things where, what do you do, right? Uh, you, you, learn, <laughs> you learn about the finer points of HR that you don't cover in college. Uh, you, you learn people skills that aren't taught in a textbook and you learn to have difficult conversations and work around people who may be oblivious to an issue. And in this case, it was the fact that the guy stank. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's, Again, probably other people have crazier stories than that, but yeah, stinky, stinky uh, coworkers. Yeah. There was one time uh, someone quit by leaving a note in the Dropbox. Uh, that was interesting. That's we, pretty fantastic. I, I worked there for like two years, but like I worked with probably about like 30 other people. Like the people did not last long at this job. I think because the hours were so late and it was Fridays and Saturdays. That's when they needed people to work. And so invariably like they hire a lot of like young people people are like 19 20 years old and they don't want to do that they want to have their weekends and so like by like the third or fourth week they're like ah, i don't I don't like this anymore so, meanwhile so what like, was different about you why why did you manage to last so long i liked working there also i just didn't have that same kind of social life i wasn't going to parties and drinking and all that stuff i didn't have any problem working till midnight on on a friday and then being there till, when I say work till midnight, like we closed at midnight, frequently there till 1 a.m. cleaning up and you know, counting down the drawers and we'd all leave together or whatever. But then me and my buddy Joel would like, would take a couple games home and we'd go back to his house or my house and we'd play till like 4 a.m. 
because that that was our shift. Our shift was I was working till 5 p.m. till till 1 a.m. That was like my eight hours. So I didn't have to get up in the morning. I, I almost never worked the day shift. That was that was Jim, the franchise owner. He he, he worked the uh, he, he managed the store by like working with like maybe one other clerk, like Monday through Friday during the day, and then the weekends and the nights was was when everybody else worked because that's the time was busy. People were right. coming in at ten o'clock in the morning to rent stuff. So I'm curious now, like in the after hours, then like mm-hmm. when you're closing up the store. You know, late nights, things kind of, sometimes people get a little crazy, a little wild. Did anything weird ever happen during that time? Or is there oh. something going on behind the scenes we don't know about? Uh, we, we played a lot of, like, VHS football. Like, you know, just, like, throwing tapes across the store and stuff <laughs> would, like, fall down and get broken. Like, VHS tapes were pretty, like, uh, could take a lot of abuse. So when you're throwing stuff across the store, like, it, it would, it would like, hit and knock something over, but nothing got broken. You know, maybe, maybe the Amray box... Uh, got cracked or whatever, but we had like a million of those. But the the tape was fine. Did you ever end up with any promotional items? Was there ever an opportunity where they said like, hey, you know, this is coming in for the week and then afterwards nobody wanted it, so you got like a poster or a a cup or a pin? The the posters were always free game. I don't remember us getting too many of the, the cardboard displays, and if so, I think a lot of those went to customers. They just requested them and were like, yeah, dude, I live in a dorm room. Yeah, you can have this, whatever. And nobody oh, thought I about it. I wish I was sort of... shopping at your store. <laughs> nobody thought about value or of anything back then. Um, but as far as like blockbuster stuff, I still have a torn ticket lapel pin that was awarded to me for, I think it was one year of service. I mean, <laughs> nothing spectacular, but it's a cool little memento that not everybody has. And so I still have that in my collection. Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because I don't know if you can see my, my background here, but I, I collect random right, collect stuff, and uh, I don't remember a lot coming through Blockbuster at that time. Um, there weren't a lot of in-store promotions in that regard. Later there were, and I think that was as a move to DVD, and, and that the numbers increased uh, with the scale of Blockbusters and the scale of franchises. Uh, that it was much different. In that time, you know, a lot of blockbuster business was driven by independent video. You know, you, we all, we've all seen the, the titles in the movies and whether it's the, the Charles Band movies, uh, you know, the full moon videos with like Puppet Master and Meridian and, and, you know, his whole line of like those horror movies that he did. And then you had like the uh, the Night Eyes movies, the, the erotic thrillers, the Shannon Tweed era. Um, Shannon Tweed made a lot of money from blockbuster video in the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, again, that was a time, right? I mean, you could go through the list and you look them up and there's still fan pages for, for these, you know, these women who are in these movies then. And you had, uh, you know, you have independent comedy releases. Uh, Tim Conway had his Dwarf on Golf series and his Dwarf videos that are probably totally on PC and offensive to everybody now, but they were funny at the time. So yeah, there was, it was just different. There wasn't a lot of that, uh, but there were posters. I mean, you would get stuff from time to time, but it wasn't anything, nobody thought to keep that stuff. It just didn't, you know, I mean, it hangs in the window, it gets sun bleached. Occasionally we'd have people who would come in and say that they wanted to, you know, if we were done with a certain poster. But again, if you really like the bodyguard, you love Kevin Costner. I wanted a lot of them. I wanted all the horror ones because I've been such a big horror film uh, buff. I know I had the Pulp Fiction poster, the one with Uma Thurman on the front. That was a big, a big deal. I was able to get that one. But for the most part, there were so many extra posters that it became difficult to 
even keep track of it all. I know in my in my bedroom I had tons of these posters around. I had a, like I said the Spy Hard CD with Leslie Nielsen. Um, trying to think of a couple others. I know I had a UHF poster that somehow was laying around there. I'm sure my boss did. And maybe like like yeah again I'm just a quirk so I'm sure like the managers and system managers probably got stuff from from time to time uh, I I didn't the only thing I, re- I remember and I'm gonna keep mentioning this movie Spice World Spice World <laughs> Spice World had a poster that was like taped to the back of every single box so we had 50 copies of Spice World this is a movie we opened with it was like it was new on VHS like that week so we had all these copies but Spice World was a bomb no one wanted to see it in theaters and they definitely didn't wa- watch it on rental so we had. Tons of copies of Spice World that were quote unquote previously viewed, but never got rented. They were brand new tapes, and eventually my boss like marked them down to like two dollars, like they're one ninety nine. And the idea was like, if anybody wanted to rent it, sell it to them, <laughs> because it was cheaper than renting it. Was just just buy a copy. So every once in a while, I'd like you know, a kid would try to rent Spice World, and we we just sell it to them, just give them a copy. So here, you just take it home, whatever, because we had to get rid of them. But all the all the copies of Spice World had a poster on the back. So at some point, I had like fifty Spice World posters. This is the early days of eBay. I was like, sure, this this is going to be worth money or something. <laughs> um, so I thought, oh, I'll I'll sell all these. And I think they were just they were in a paper bag in my uh, closet for probably three or four years before they just got thrown away. Uh, that's <laughs> that's the only thing I remember about like any kind of like stuff I got from there. up on the extended season one finale of rental return so talk to me a little bit about then the last days of four star video the girl who also got fired who was working at night through the week her mom who was retired had come in and taken my monday through friday shift just to have something to do so i even came in after my name was cleared and they were going to put me on saturday i came in and was like hey this was my my job i was working almost full time and even she wouldn't budge or, you know, for whatever reason, Judy and Dominique wouldn't make the decision to go, hey, this person's been cleared. We should give them their job back. It was the best I was getting was one day. Tell me about the end of your blockbuster journey and then moving into your, your second phase of, of video store clerking. But I decided, like, I needed to do something else with my life. So I, I, I put in my notice and I helped my dad paint his house. I, my, my dad lived in Baltimore. So like, I, I left town for, for a couple months. This story has a cinematic ending. I mean, this is a pretty dramatic situation. So what can you tell us about why in uh, 2004 the store was no longer renting tapes? So I, like, as soon as I turned the corner, I could see fire trucks and I, it's the, our store's on fire <laughs> and it's, yeah, it was crazy. Connect with our video heroes on Twitter by clicking on the links provided in the show notes. Rental Return is created by Adam Pope and produced by Jason Gross in association with The Retro Network. If you're a former rental store employee and want to chronicle your experiences on an upcoming season, message Adam on Twitter at Hoju Coolander or send an email to Jason at TheRetroNetwork.com. Avoid late fees by subscribing to Rental Return in your favorite podcast app and by following at TRN Social on Instagram and Twitter featuring pictures provided by our video heroes. Join us again next time for another episode of Rental Return, Tales from the Video Store.
This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.